All right, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about boundaries. Yeah, we all need boundaries, healthy boundaries. How the heck do you do it? It's going to come back to validation. That's more doable than you think. And the minute you do it, you get those real good boundaries going on. You will be over the moon wondering why I didn't do it sooner. Coming soon on this episode after the sponsor's word. All right. Going live here. Welcome aboard. Using the bad camera today. But we got the good microphone. I'm getting there. All right. Just looking up, there's a few good questions. The good questions in all the posts, you know, like throughout. And then there's uh, some people post questions. Wait, what they do? There we go. All right. Up and running. No? Okay, back. Anyway, welcome aboard the Sunday Q&A. Trying to find a good question from Andrew. I want to jump into it. And I want to talk about boundaries. There's a good post about boundaries versus grudge bearing. Anyway, we're live in the new Relationship Masters studio. That's that nice background that you see over there. I'm just going to pull up this question and we're good to go. Oops. Can't get to it. I will find another way to get to it. Bear with me here. Technical, technicals. <clears throat> we can take another second before you join us. Good to have you with us. Where are you? Come on. Okay. I got you. Step into it. All right. I wanted to jump into this question. But the idea, the idea of boundaries, I'll touch on that. Here it is. Andrew, I got you a question. Um, the idea of boundaries, I really wanted to talk about it. Um, I think that's something people connect with. It clicks with them. You know, I need to have better boundaries. I should have better boundaries. And stuff. Like, what is a boundary? How does that work? You know, and uh, um, boundaries is what happens naturally when we start validating our inner kids, when we start tuning into self, when I start being really clear that I can't matter. I really start changing the, the narrative, the dynamic. I go from this, you know, I'm not of worth, I'm not of value, I don't count matter. And so therefore, when people step on me, you know, they walk all over me, um, yeah, that feels normal. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but we have to work to get out of that. We're used to that dynamic, you know, with feeling like people walking on us. Um, with not having boundaries, meaning what's a boundary? It's like, this is where I end, this is where you begin, you know, don't step on me. I need to be respected, I'll respect you. A lot of our relationships are one-sided, they're one-way streets. I live in a town that really taught me this lesson. There's a lot of uh, streets in this town that are officially two-way streets. Mm -hmm. 
but they're not. Only one car at a time really can fit that. You got to move to the side. I've seen some interesting videos in England, literally like one car. If another car comes in, you got to go backwards, let that other car out. But it's officially a two-way street. But a lot of our relationships have been very one-sided. And we were telling ourselves it's two-sided. It's not where we don't really count or matter. You know, there's no me. So boundaries are, do anybody remember those TV dinners? I remember those TV dinners. It was like everything had its place. It was like a kind of a, a metal pan. You threw it in the microwave. And like each, the, 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 the vegetables had a section and the meat had a section and the dessert had a section. There are boundaries. This is, you know, you could mix, you know, this could come into here, that can come into there. You could mix things, but it's, um, I know me and, you know, you are you and that's it. I'm defining myself amongst myself. Who am I? What do I like? What do I need? What do I want? Um, I define that by myself, not, not because of you or with you. Um, and so, oops, are there any questions here? Not yet. Um, so that's, that's boundaries is, is being able to express myself, being able to, to stand up for myself, you know. Um, I'm not saying yes. And like some desperate need that you'll, you know, prove me. How many times have we found ourselves like I'm saying this and I want to say no. I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? I'm throwing myself at you. You know, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be walked all over. I don't have healthy boundaries or, or the ability to say no. Just that ability to say no is a big part of, of those boundaries. Um, to be aware, but it starts with self. A lot of us have a hard time doing it because it's like we feel we're not allowed to. Or I can't or I shouldn't or others will reject me if I express my needs or my wants. And that's why there's got to be the inner work. So what you'll see out there, and this is why I really love doing this work, there's a lot of amazing stuff in psychology. There's a lot of amazing stuff in personal growth and development all over YouTube. You'll see it. The problem is that it's not doable. And we get excited and we're like, I really want to do that or I really want to implement it. It is doable, but it's not doable. If you add in this idea that like, okay, wait a minute, there's two parts to me. There's this inner kid and I'm gonna, when I'm triggered, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune into those feelings and I'm gonna build a relationship between these two parts. And I start getting work, which is the adult part, which is the kid part. Um, if, I, if I add that inner core piece, so then these other kinds of things of meditations, mindfulness, um, um, affirmations, these kinds of practices that are out there will work and they'll be successful. But it's like, if in my core, I feel I'm a piece of garbage and I'm gonna do a, uh, a uh, um, just, you know, positive affirmations that I'm amazing, I'm amazing. I'm creating a tension. I'm creating a battle within myself. It's almost like I'm telling that part of me, hey kid, get lost. I don't like you, I'm ignoring you. And uh, I'll tell you what's what over here. We're good, we're good. I'm, not that it's untrue, it's true. It's not that that kid part even, you know, is against it, it wants it. That kid inside, he's just saying like, hey, I'd love to be on board with that message. I've, I've just never been told that I was good enough. The opposite, I was told and trained and I experienced and I practiced year after year after year. You know, you're in a home environment for like a good seven years, of, you know, really solid years where absorbing messages about who we are. And we believe it because it comes from parents. Like, why wouldn't you trust a parent and your little kid against, you know, the whole world? Hi, Evelyn, welcome. You know, your kid against the whole world. And so we believe it. Um, you know, and then, we, and then we go out to school after that and start interacting with people. And, and we're almost like looking for those messages. We interpret things based upon those experiences we had when we were younger. You know, we read into what the teacher said or what a friend said. 
Uh, they were, my friend rejected me because I'm really bad, and that's the same message. Anyway, you know, we've we've come up with those those messages over a long period of time. It's uh, to challenge that, you know, to realize that um, wait a minute, there's two parts going on here. That's that whole inner piece that's really not clear or out there. A lot of people have theories about who am I, who's the self. Um, I come at it from a different. I should do a whole video just on this, but like to, most things in psychology are they start as a theory, you know. Uh, Freud had the idea of the id and the ego and the superego. That was a theory. It was based upon tangibly, practically working with people, seeing how they interacted, seeing how they tended to deal with certain situations. And then, kind of say, well, why are people like that? Where did that come from? Not yet? Okay. So where did that come from? And then it's a theory. Nobody's saying theory. I'm bringing it from a spiritual source. I'm bringing it from a, a Jewish uh, spiritual source, uh, the Jewish Torah, the idea, you know, the creator of the universe said, okay, I made a world, I made people, you know, I made you. And, and it's the only way we can really know who we are. Um, we can take any part of the body and dissect it and pull it apart and really from that get a knowledge of how, you know, the liver works and I could form a drug. I can understand how diseases of the liver work. I can make drugs and treatments that help it. I can get to know it. I can, I can know it clearly because I've, I've got it physically, tangibly. The thing is, is that when it comes to who is this me, I can't know that. Psychology really, literally means the study of the soul, but you can't know what the soul is. You know, it's a guess, other than the person who created you. So not to get religious, and you know, you don't have to start getting all religious or whatnot. That's between you and yourself and your soul and the creator. What you know, everyone's good, but but these ideas are are you know, the claim is that. You know, the, the creator of the universe made a world and made people in it. And here is here is Torah for you. You know, the Torah are the ideas, the, the five books of Moses, or you know, that collection of wisdom that the creator shared with people. Um, and th there, the basis is that a person has two souls, is comprised of two. Which to me, I see a lot of people spiritually aware of that idea, um, but they have no idea to connect to it. And when I take that world, that spiritual world, and I merge it together with psychology, what's going on in psychology, the different techniques, different approaches, you get something very powerful. I get an absolute truth. The person is two, two souls, two beings, two selves. And there's three modes of expression for that self, my thinking and my words and my actions. And those are the only three things in life that I can control. That's it. All the rest is up to higher power, whatever else you want to call it. But that's what's in my control. Um, and so therefore things that are beyond my control, I'm wasting my time trying to directly control it, but indirectly, as I focus on myself, that's where the ripple effect happens and things around me start to get impacted. But an absolute knowledge that I am too is quite powerful. It really is a game changer for all the psychology. And I can know for a fact, absolutely 100%, I am too. How does that look like? Well, that's different and similar by everybody. I've got to come to embrace that knowledge on my own. I've got to form a personal connection with it. But at least I know it's true. I'll be willing, if you knew that, you know, invest time and energy into something and it's going to take you 10 years, but afterwards it'll start making you, you know, $200, $200,000 a year. You're like, okay, I'll do it. I know it's going to lead me where I want to go. And so the ups and the downs and the challenges, I'm willing to put up with it because it's leading in a direction that gets me where I want to go. And I think the same thing is here. It's that absolute knowledge that, okay, there's two parts here. And that's what I'm working on. And one, that adult part has come to help refine that child part, you know. So as an adult, I'm re-experiencing the very same emotional feeling level 
uh, experiences that I have. Um, I'm just, and I was an adult. I'm not alone as a kid on my own. I've got this adult part also. So uh, there are two souls that we're, there's an, there are two souls that we, we have experienced. Until we're 12, 13 years old, there's just that kid part, that inner kid. At 12, this, that adult part, that adult self that was always there is like hibernating and starts to become more conscious, slowly more conscious. So that, that kid self has absorbed tremendous amounts of, of, of awareness of self and messages about self, some true, some not, develops some defense mechanisms, kind of try to figure things out. Um, it has a 12, 13 year head start on that adult part. Um, and that's why it's, you know, then until 20 is a real kind of adjusting. And, but that's what you see the developmental stages, you know, seven years old, go to school, you know, there's a slight shift, but then really the 12 years and that transition into adulthood, but, but not fully. And then really trying to get to know self, but that our job here is on one hand to get to know the child self and get to know the adult self, to get to know both and to connect with them and to realize I've got two parts. And so I shouldn't, uh, you know, sometimes I'm so fearful and so worried and so concerned about rejection that it's almost paralyzing. You know, in the other moments, I'm like, I'm amazing, I can do this. And I go, what's wrong with me? I'm so crazy. These two crazy competing parts going on. And the answer is no, I'm both. So often both are true. Um, but to realize that is really powerful. To know for a fact I have these two parts. And to begin to start to sort out and make some order and structure with my inner experiences, the thoughts that come up with, the feelings that come up with, the triggers that occur. Um, to begin, as I do that, I, as that kid part starts to get my attention through things like the feeling star and tuning into what I feel, the inner space, what's going on with me internally as I'm interacting. As I do it, that kid part starts to calm down. Uh, I don't need to be triggered anymore. I'm really tuning into it already. I've gotten, I'm getting the message. And at the same time, that adult part now has the freedom to step up more. And that kid part wants to be guided, wants to be mentored and directed. I remember as a kid, I was like, where's my Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, like, come mentor me you know and then you realize like i'm that overwhelmed Kenobi. i need to you know mentor myself um and that's what this process is it's like it's, but to realize i've got these two parts and so what do i do with it and i'm feeling and what do i do with the feeling and how to process it and how to connect with that um and so that's this work as, I, as i'm doing this it's really what i love about this work and this is why i know it's so right is that naturally things start to pick up like things happen naturally people start to ch talk to you differently you pick up things faster you speak up for your on your own day like why is it that people start speaking differently to you why is it that all of a sudden because you're feeling more valid when you tune when you do the feelings chart when you take time to process the trigger you're like what am i feeling what was going on with me that fact of tuning into what i was feeling um and then not judging it that's validation it's unconditional acceptance as i do that I start to feel good about me. I feel I have worth and value, and therefore I take care of it, I protect it. The tone in my voice changes. The way in which I start to interact with people is much more assured. I don't need you to agree with my words to feel what I feel and say what I say. People sense that, they pick up on it. It's not just the words, you know. It's like, you know, oh, please don't do that, versus please don't do that. You see there's like a difference in the assertion, there's a difference in the tone. And that's why I say things start naturally, the way we feel about self changes and the way we start to present ourselves changes and the way we express ourselves changes. The things, the way that people treat us, if we like it, we're okay. But, but in the past, when we got treated and we didn't like, we would just put up with it. That also starts to change. So this is really that core where boundaries start to kick in. We go from that post 
in the group from people saying, ah, you're just bearing a grudge, what's with you, drop it, to like, no, no, this is a boundary. The answer is no, I don't want to do it. And, and I go from desperately, you know, I, I could never say no, because then you might be upset and reject me, and I won't get my validation, I won't feel good about it. And of course, all of these words I'm saying are, are happening subconsciously. But you'll be more conscious of it now that we're mentioning it. But, um, <clears throat> you know, just, I don't know, just this, the way we feel about self changes and the way we convey that to other people, you know, really starts to change. And, um, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not desperate for you to approve of me and I crumble the minute you don't give it to me. I'm just right. This is how it is. I, I can't do it. And then I watch and I observe, you know, and that's a great place to be in because I want to be around people who, when I am me and I make a statement about what's best for me, they can engage with me respectfully. They may disagree. They don't blow me off. They don't spit on me. They don't put me down. Oh, it's a grudge. What's with you? Oh, okay. You don't like it. Are you sure? Okay, you know, fine. But treat me with treat me in the way that I want to be treated. Ah, now I know that I can continue with you and continue to invest. If I'm not getting that, you know, I feel empowered to push it just to let go. You're not treating me the way I like. It doesn't work for me because I don't. I'm not desperate like for air to breathe for your validation and approval. I can now be more discerning. And really tune into do I like it or not like it. So that's something I want to say about boundaries. I'm sure more will come up. Beat, I see you have a question here. I just want to touch on Andrew's question. Uh, you know, Beat, you're here, so let me do your question first. He said, since we're learning more about ourselves, I do know welcome. Since we're learning more about ourselves and tune into our feelings, please let's continue to mention our personality disorders and continue to relationships. Um, I don't really touch on personality disorders. I don't really touch on diagnoses. There's a part of me, honestly, I don't believe in a lot of it. Um, only because I think when we label something, there's that tendency, oh, I'm a this, I'm a that. They definitely are. They're definitely bipolar, which doesn't mean multiple personalities, as people think. Um, it's, I've got intense mood swings of low depression and the mania and tremendous energy. I mean, they are, but the vast majority of cases and emotional cases are not like that. What you're talking about are not necessarily personality disorders. It's just people's personality. There, so that there are such things, and there are intensities of personality, and, and there are things that need to be medicated, but it's such a minor, um, it's, a, it's a small amount of cases. So, and, 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 you know, I think a person should try. If a person needs medication for, and with a diagnosis, okay, fine. They still need to work on self. And I've gotten so many people reach out to me over the years, like, you know, I'm still depressed, but I've been on medication for so long. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's only a crutch. It's a tool. It's like training wheels to help you as you're learning to be you, as you're learning to do this child self type work. But what you're saying is that other, it's not just our feelings, it's other people's personality that matters. It's true. And the key is, again, I've got to own me. Because when I'm interacting with somebody, let's say I'm, you know, I deeply struggle with validation. Okay, that's my personal thing that I'm working on. But if I'm struggling with that, I'm going to keep attracting my, uh, to people into my life, and I will be attracted to people who, when I'm around them, um, will, will kick up a dynamic. I'll feel a certain dynamic around them that's very familiar, that I don't feel valid. I feel like I'm getting rejected. I feel like you're about to run away or leave me or, or something. It's a familiar energy. So is it them or is it me? And the answer is both. But the first starting point is me. i got to get in touch with me and my feelings. That person is in my life for a reason right now. The, uh, tune into the feelings that I'm feeling. This is the, this is everything. I'm, I'm constantly talking to people, and they will tell me, and I'm waiting for it, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching, 
And people will tell me, and tell me if you don't catch yourself doing the same thing. You're very aware of yesterday, he said, and then I said, and then he said, and I said, I couldn't believe it, and then I was this, and I was like this, and he was like, oh my God, and this, and emoji this and that. And it's all true. But never at any point you say, wait a minute, what was I feeling when that was going on? That's the game changer question. And if you don't have an answer to it, no problem. At least you ask the question. And with time, the more you ask that question, wonder about it, yeah, what was I thinking? What was I feeling? You may not know. The feelings chart may help you. Or just you, you'll need to tune in and, and practice that of just asking myself, what was I feeling? But that's the game changer because that interaction initially came. I have to talk to them. I've got to speak up or maybe it's a fight. But someone has got to tune in. What were the feelings that came up for me? And as I do that more and more, what happens is I start to really, I'm very aware of that kid self that feels all those feelings that were triggered. No one can make you feel anything that you yourself don't feel. Okay? No one can make you feel anything that you yourself don't already feel. They could arouse it. They could bring it out of them. As I tune into it more, I don't need them to trigger me anymore. So I'll go back into a space with them and we'll have a conversation and I'm no longer triggered. Now it's their personality. Now I'm seeing they have an issue. And now I can better determine, like, you know, this might not be a good person for me. This might not, this is a, you know, this is red flags. I like the word red flags, but I think better is negotiables and non-negotiables. There's certain things that if a person has it, I just, it's just not for me. I can't handle a smoker. I can't handle cats. I don't know what it is. Or a person, you know, or what, or whatever the issue is, you know, person who's chronically late. I can't deal with it, you know. Um, there's certain red flags. So I absolutely have to have somebody who does this, this, and the other thing. I have to have it. Okay, good. You know that about yourself. And by the way, take the time to meditate on your past partners and you'll see every partner had some things that you really liked that worked. And they also didn't do certain things that are bothersome to you. And then there was the stuff that's not good and you can't handle it. It can't be for you. It's not good. And it's okay. That's how we learn. We use those past experiences to really learn about it. And that's fine. Um, that's where we discover you've got to go through past partners. You're really clear. What did I like and what did I not like? You really harvest those past partners to get clear about it and to understand more what did I like and what did I not like? Because those are your negotiables and non-negotiables. So I think when you say personality disorder, I think it's like there's certain things I absolutely can't have. Non-negotiables, red flags. Once I'm past that, every relationship, okay, will have its stuff. It'll have its negotiable stuff. So as you're learning to process your own triggers, you stop attracting those type of people, you stop being attracted to them, you stop feeling comfortable when they're making you feel abandoned or um, discredited or disrespected or not heard, that same old kid from the past. I'm working through that. Um, and so um, I start to speak up to people and maybe they change or I realize like, wow, you're just not for me, it's a red flag. But I start attracting people that don't do that because I don't need that trigger anymore. Um, but there'll be other stuff. So is that a personality disorder? Some of the person is not triggering all that old stuff, which we each have to get in touch with. That's our job, is to be aware of that old stuff, those feelings, um, those triggered feelings, uh, those feelings of the child self, and to tune in and to build a core basic relationship with that kid, to be hearing her, tuning into her, listening. You know, that's what the feelings chart helps with. And so as we're doing that, you should notice a change as you're talking to the same people and having the same dynamics. You stop taking so personally, um, I'm less emotionally reactive, much more calm, and I start to see it more distant, more detached. It's their issue, it's not mine. Now, you might say, gosh, this is a huge issue, and I, just, I don't want to be around it anymore. So what's happened is I've used it to process it, and it's helped me grow. 
And sometimes, so we stop reacting and sometimes it affects the other person that they stop doing it also. They're doing it for their own inner drama reasons. And this is the couple's work I really want to do, just show each people how this, you'll take a, pick apart, you know, an incident. I told you to take out the garbage, you take out the garbage. To go deeper below that, which is that his inner child is being triggered, her inner child is being triggered, and that's what, that's her work to do on her inner kid and his work to do on his inner kid. And you start to take that dynamic out of the interactions and everything gets much more calm and much more effective. We feel more, we're able, we're more relationship ready. We're more connectable, as my favorite word that I made up. So that's what I, I, that's what I think about, you know. Sometimes a person feels, you know, they want diagnosis and they want medication and they want that kind of support. So, you know, go for it. But I think on a practical, down-to-earth, easy, doable, immediate kind of a level, um, that's what, that, that, it's a person's personality. It's their own thing. And it may, once you've learned from that trigger, from hanging around that person, you may come to say, like, I just don't like being around this. This is your issue. They may say, no, like we could work through it. Or you give them feedback and they really hear you and they change. I mean, that's really powerful too. If I can give someone feedback and they hear me and they listen and they tune in and they take it to heart, it's a, it's a good sign, you know? And so that's, our, that's this idea of negotiables and non-negotiables. Hope that helps. Being a totally work on ourselves is, is the biggest and most important work. I mean, it's what we're here for. It's this adult part, this adult soul is here to help, you know, inspire that. Kabbalistically speaking, that adult part, that adult soul is enclosed inside, like those Russian dolls, you know, one inside the other. The adult part is inside of that child self, and then the two of them are inside the body. And so it's, it's a set up for one to mentor and guide the other. You know, karate kid, you know, the mentoring. So we need to do that ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, this is the idea that how we feel about self is really impacting everyone. They really ripple effects out. And that's what Relationship Masters was started. There's a lot of people like, I don't want to work on me. I'm scared of that. It's overwhelming or it costs money or no way. Oh, but my relationships are bad. Or I keep getting the same guy or I'm always attracted to the same girl. Why, why, why? And so it's just, well, okay, so that's, that's motivating you to work on it. Okay. Well, what if I tell you you're the one constant in all of your relationships? Ah, oh, yeah, you have a point. Ah, so now, you know, there's a gain and a benefit we start to look inside. But that is it. And which is also very calming. It's not a million things to work on. It's just one. There's this kid part inside. That's the source of all the triggering, source of all the uncomfortable emotions. As I spend time tuning into it, I just, or just I have a desire to finally say, okay, I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to medicate it. I'm not going to drink it away, drug it away, avoid it, use anger, blame to avoid facing that kid part. I can start to tune into it. And just that interest and desire, I want to tune in, really fuels all of this uh, growth and change. Um, Evelyn, good question. Is everything that happens to us our fault due to not having healthy boundaries? No. That's kind of what I'm saying to, 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 um, to Dita over here. It's, um, it's both. It's both. But we want to take our ownership and responsibility. If I completely blame other people, then I'm powerless and there's really not much that I could do. But to totally blame me, that's also not healthy. But I, wanted to, I, I would say rather than my fault, I would turn it into what can I take responsibility for? What can I take ownership of? What part of me can I learn from this from? So I have to defend self. I'll argue with you, talk to you, tell you I don't like it, whatever it is. But I've got to have a moment and say, okay, wait a minute. What was going on for me emotionally? How, how do I maybe contribute to that? When a person treats me poorly, how do I react? Am I maybe acting in a way that rewards it and, 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 and affirms it and almost encourages it to continue? 
Um, and so it's a bit of both. It's how it's it's more a question of I want to take ownership and responsibility of how I may be contributing. But the core is going to be how am I being triggered in this situation? This person's in my life, whether I like it or not. And so what can I learn from it? Um, so it's it's rarely I just blame. I don't know. It just rarely do I see that there isn't two people contributing to a situation. It's if you have somebody who's had some traumas in life and some struggles in life and has put up some pretty thick walls and some heavy defense mechanisms, um, they're going to really deeply struggle to take responsibility. They're going to try to blame you completely for it. Um, it's like um, some people learn, they don't know if they're good or not, if they're good or not. They were conditionally accepted. It's like, if you get it, if you get it right and perfect, you get an A plus on the test, then you're a good kid. If not, not. Some people have unrelenting standards, one of the very common life patterns. Um, and you can get your life pattern assessment on my website, dramanelson.com, but that's a common unrelenting standards where I'm never good enough no matter what I do. And such a person is deeply in pain and deeply struggling. I can be compassionate. Here, both are true. I can be compassionate that you've been through hell and you're really struggling, and that childhood struggle continues to dominate your daily existence. At the same time, it's very hard being on the receiving end of a relationship with you. Both are true. But they will go up and down. They'll feel that, you know, if I, make, if I got it right, so I'm a great person. I'm a good person. If I make one mistake, I'm totally bad. And it's because they're locked into that dynamic, desperately seeking external validation and that flavor, uh, they can't take ownership of a, of a mistake. They can't. Because if saying I made a mistake means I'm bad, completely bad. And we all want to feel good about stuff. We want to feel valid. And so they're stuck on this up and down roller coaster, merry-go-round, you know, good, bad, good, bad. Listen, you can have compassion for them. At the same time, be like, I, I can't be around somebody who absolutely has to blame me for everything and isn't willing to engage in conversation. I've let go of a lot of relationships in which I sat with people and I said, okay, what's bothering you? Tell me. You know, and I worked on my own validation. I could really hear, you know, the feedback that you want to give, the critique. I said, okay, so I did this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Okay. Well, so this made you feel like this and that. Uh -huh. So I really wasn't, I should have done like this. Yeah, you should. Uh, okay, I got it. And I hear that because I've been working on that validation. So my sense of self is, is, is unconditionally accepted. I'm not good or bad depending upon if you like me or not. Um, and so I could hear your feedback. I, I'm, it's not going to crush me as a person. I could hear it. What I've seen a lot that happens then is I go, okay, I'd like to share with you what I'm feeling. And whoa, the wall comes right up. No, 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 no. You took the blame and that's it. And thanks. And okay, bye. And I'm like, no, there's a two-sided conversation. When I've gotten that, I just say, okay, good. Now I know that about you. There's nobody home to talk to. You know, you're deeply stuck and locked in your defense mechanisms. If you're not willing to join in with me, the vast majority of cases is there's contribution. It's a better word than blame. It's contribution. Both people are good. Both people are loved. Both people are, you know, caring and they mean well in most cases, but there's a contribution coming from both. If, if one, or, one or the other are unwilling to, to take a look at their contribution, there's not a whole lot that you can do. You can work on yourself. You can stop reacting to them. Um, but if they don't change eventually, they don't partner in and work together with you to, to, to take a look at some of the contribution, you're having a relationship with yourself. Yeah. Let me catch up here. Uh, being at the feelings chart, I'll post it here. It's also in the files. There are files in the group. And I'll post it here. Let's see if I can do that quickly. 
Oh no, it's not letting me post it. All right, uh, I'll, I'll post it afterwards. Um, but if you look in the files of the group, you'll see there's a feeling strong. There's a new one also. Let me post it. So I'll, I'll get it to you. So I'll get it soon. Thank you for asking. I mean, because I made a new one, like a, the trigger method. I walked you through it. All right, here we have team. You're welcome. Even just go here. Okay. Yeah. All right, Alina. Thanks for the question. Feeling envious towards others. Never feel envious towards others. Materially. Well, you know what? There's, there's a spiritual idea that says like this, that when it comes to physical material things, you can look at people who have less than you and feel grateful. When you see people who have achieved something more than you in, in emotional growth or spirituality, it's okay to be envious. That's actually a positive envy of, of go for it. You know, noticing that somebody has something that I don't doesn't have to be a, wow, look how bad I am or I suck. Or there's something wrong with me. It could be like, wow, why are you even attracted to that? Did you think of that? You know, why do we notice certain? Why do I notice something in other people and some people don't? Because I've got it in me. Why do I see something amazing in somebody? I'm attracted to that in that person, but not in another person. Or I'm attracted to one aspect of a person, but other things not. I think I, I have that potential within me. There's something attractive about it. I would turn the word envy into what I'm attracted to. I'm allowed to. I need to see it. Now that I've seen it, now what do you want to do? I don't know. It's infinite. But I just saw something and I'm attracted to it. So I think as I start to feel more valid about me, my sense of self has to stop being exclusively dependent upon people and things outside of myself. I'm good all the time, period, regardless of what you say or how you react, regardless of what happens. And, and all the more so, and even so, if I make a mistake, then, then I, all the more so I'm validating myself because my sense of self, I am good 24-7, period. That's what happens when you're using the feelings chart or just tuning into what I feel, that kid self is feeling. And for years, you know, as a kid, she wasn't hurt or tuned into what I'm allowed to feel. As an adult, I keep treating that kid part the same way. And so um, I break that cycle by actually tuning into myself and what I feel. And so... Um, to get to that state of feeling, I feel pretty good about me. And how I feel about me doesn't depend on other people. Now, once I'm there, I'm, I'm accepted, I'm good. When I see someone who has something that I like or I want, I go, okay, great. My sense of self is not bad because they have something that I don't and I'm comparing myself to them. Take the comparison off the table. And then it can just simply be, wow, I'm being exposed to something I'd like to achieve also. I see people have done certain things you know, with YouTube or even with Patreon, I saw a guy he really inspired me. He was doing, I was trying very much. I wanted to see left-wing news and right-wing news. I wanted to see both. My father-in-law told me, it's like, you've got to see both sides of the story. Said, okay, so I wanted to see both sides. There was one guy, I was just, I like this take. I thought it was more balanced. And he's just simply doing YouTube videos, you know, every week, his analysis of the news. And he's on Patreon, the same thing. I got it from him, $3 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, very simple. That that support enables him to continue to make the content and engage with people. I thought that was great. But it was inspiring to me. It was like, wow, what a great idea. It wasn't like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I think of that myself and the whole thing? It just was like, wow, I really like that idea. Let me learn from you. So it comes back to that validation. My sense of self can't be dependent upon external things exclusively. I need to validate me. I can then enjoy when someone gives me feedback. I can enjoy getting validation from others, but I'm not like life and death dependent upon desperately that someone should validate me. And then... I can have, I can get into positive envy. 
which becomes I'm attracted to something, you know. I like that thing. I would like to achieve it myself. But my sense of self is not connected to not having that or achieving that. I hope that makes sense. Good question, Maria. Yes. It's easier to take responsibility. I mean, once we start to validate ourselves, it's easier to take responsibility because responsibility could mean I made a mistake. And um, if I made a mistake, then, you know, I'm bad. There's something wrong with me. So, um, so it's much easier to take responsibility. Different wording. From blame, we go to take responsibility. Contribution. It's all, almost always it's both sides are contributing, which means it's interesting. Some people are worried about this. It's like, how can I really know if what I'm feeling is right or not? It's like, well, when I'm aware of what I feel about what's going on in this relationship, I can just share it. When you do this, it makes me feel like this. When you say this, I feel like this. I can trust that. But please, leave the door open a little bit because we have blind spots. I don't know what the other person's feeling. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know how they interpreted or took the things that I said. And so when they add that piece in afterwards, when I leave some space, tell me what you were feeling, tell me what you think, and I'm open to it and I hear it, which I can do once I'm feeling valid and my sense of self is not dependent upon you, you know, being happy with me 24-7, but that will add in a piece to the puzzle. Um, but it doesn't make me wrong that, or bad that I didn't know that from that other person. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll post the feelings chart um, here in the group. Yeah, I'll post it. Yeah, Rachel, I hear it's pretty crazy, the left side stuff. Um, yeah. Well, it's, I'm constantly, go to, go to the Gemara and Sota. The Talmud in Sota, page 49, answers this question. Is that the, we're, we're living in prophetically spoken about times that are just crazy. No leadership. Things are off the charts and, and just wild. And what you're seeing is the challenges is that, here's the, here's the idol worship thing, is that we used to think, you know, well, I'm watching it on CNN, so I can trust it. There's certain things that we trusted, that we believe because of this or this or this, and therefore it's true. And what we're realizing is, is that I can't necessarily believe everything that I see. But it ends off over there with the pieces that, that we can trust the creator. That's so interesting. The Talmud uses a rarely used expression of our Father in heaven, which makes it very personal, very relationship-oriented, which is great for us. But um, yeah, so it's a 49. So that's, that's what I think about a lot these days, is that you know, this has been spoken about these times. But that's an experience. Think about that. That's really crushing. When it's like everything I thought about me, what are we doing in relationship matters? Everything I thought about myself is false. You know, I'm no good. I'm bad. I'm unlovable. I'm invalid. People aren't going to like me. You know, I'll never get love that I want. You know, and then we crush that. You know, who am I? You know, a lot of people are like in the middle of a raging river. They've gotten in the boat and left one side, one, you know, one uh, bank of the river. And they're in the middle of this raging river trying to get to the other side, this new sense of self. So I'm not the old, but I'm not yet the new. And so it's this discomfort. And I think that's what you're bouncing around like a ping pong ball. I think that could be what you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a Okay, someone touched on this question here. Uh, Angie's question posted in the group, posted on the post of the events. How do I convince myself of the expressions of love? I'm not genuine. Okay, so how do I know if people are saying nice things to me? How can I know that it's genuine? How can I trust it? Well, you can and you can't. 
first of all, if I don't feel someone's like, you know, you're a really great guy. And I'm like, I feel my child self is still dominating me. That kid part feels like a piece of garbage. So I'm, I just can't handle it. I'm going to reject everything that everybody says. But well, I mean, why are we rejecting it? I believe people in the past and I got hurt. So let me reject everybody. Well, that works, but you pay a price is I rejected everybody. So now I'm alone. So I'm safe, but I'm alone. But I want to learn how to keep myself safe is your question while I still engage with people. And so as I'm a, I'm a broken record over here, but it's that I've got to get valid about myself to know that I'm worthy and worthwhile and account may matter. I've, my, I have to become the primary source of my sense of validation that I'm a good person. It's got to become me. Okay, now that I got that, which comes in the feelings chart and tuning in and just, whoa, what am I feeling? Or an hour later, wow, what was I feeling during that interaction? Or when that thing happened, like, wow, what was I feeling? I, I gotta say, so I, I, when I work with people privately, sometimes I gotta keep refocusing them, keep refocusing. This is a hard thing to do. We are so trained and used to and fearful of tuning into what we feel. As, you know, it's, we, our mind jumps to logically analyzing the situation or, yeah, but he said, and then I had said the whole thing, it's very hard to like swivel and tune inside what's going on. What was going on for me in that moment? It's very, we naturally do this. We tell the story of bang, you know, me, you, me, you, me, you. We stay outside of ourselves. So it's, it's very challenging to do. But, but using that, that, that tuning in, you know, what was I feeling? What am I feeling? What's going on for me? That's how I get myself that very process of is paying attention to me. That kid is saying, hey, tugging on my shoulders, on my shirt. And, hey, I need attention. I'm tuning into that part. Um, and then that kid can start to feel more valid, more worthwhile. Now, I'm not desperate for it from other people. I can just kind of assess other people as we go. I'm just going to be me. If I like something, I'll tell you. If I don't like something, I don't. If, there's no rejection anymore. It's like, well, if you don't like that, then great. It's better that we don't spend time. We're not good for each other. There are millions of people on the planet. So that's okay. Um, the other thing is, is that we stop throwing ourselves at people desperately and we stop completely holding ourselves back. We'll give a little bit of trust and then I'll wait and see how you handle it. But I feel good about me. I feel more secure. I'm more in the driver's seat. Ultimately, it's a question of time. I need to see that that person continues to act in that way and they're not just using me or they don't just want something. If they just want something or using it me for something, it's going to be hard for them to maintain that for a long period of time because they're just like, come on already, I just want to get what I want from you. And you can tell that, you can feel that. The other thing is, is as you validate yourself, you start to trust yourself more. You start to tune into your own instincts. You start to believe in yourself more. And you say, well, I'm, just not feel, I'm feeling kind of fishy about this person. And you trust it. You know, and that's a big change. We go from feeling I'm bad and I shouldn't be listened to and uh, I've got no worth and I've got no value to actually start to tune into it more, to trust it more, to listen in more. Um, and just allow people to tell us how they really feel about us through their actions, through their words, and just watch and just monitor. So it's, I, it's not I hold myself back and I cut everyone off and I doubt everyone's intention. And it's not I throw myself at everybody, but rather, you know, I'm feeling good about me. I'm feeling valid regardless of how you treat me. Um, and I can speak up on my own behalf. I can have boundaries. I can advocate for myself. If you do something I don't like, I'll tell you. And then I want to see how you handle it. I want to watch. And, and then I need time. And so don't give, don't open yourself up too much if you're not sure of the person. Give a little bit and then see how they handle it. You know, keep it at that level. You know, don't say too much. Don't reveal too much more than you feel comfortable. And watch. Have that person earn a deeper place in your life. Um, and then to see, you know, uh, do they really genuinely mean the positive things that they're saying to me? 
but I've got to make sure that I'm not blocking it. I, if I deep down believe I'm a piece of garbage and not worth it, then I'll never trust something. I'll never believe it. I'll assume everybody is full of it because I want to reject it. We're very uncomfortable. If you're giving me good messages that I'm valid and worthwhile, and deep down I believe I'm not worthwhile and valuable, now I have attention, which is right. Is, the, is it the voice inside that kid who's so convinced he's a piece of garbage and picked up that message and clung to it like a defense mechanism to help you know, make it through you know, childhood? Or is it true what this person who I kind of believe and I, I have faith in and, and that they're trustworthy and do I believe what they say? That's attention. Until we work through this with the kid's self and build a relationship to him or her and really connect to those feelings, so most of the time we'll reject the feedback. The problem is, is that I still need validation. I haven't learned how to get it internally. So I'm going to go seek it externally. Then I go get it. It creates the same tension. So then I reject it because I have that tension, but then I'm left feeling not valid. I need validation. <laughs> I go back and get it. I bless you all to get off that merry-go-round. But that was Andrew's question. Anyway, you can always uh, private message me questions and uh, you can post it uh, in the uh, event, the event notice that was there in the group, or, you know, in the group or you know, anywhere, get me those questions. All right, let's go back to the feed over here. No one can take anything away from the creator. I mean, if you believe in a higher power, and that's what, that's what trust is. I mean, this is the challenges of it. How do you deal with things beyond your control? And so, you know, spiritual people, people with a relationship, there are three relationships, a relationship to self, relationship to others, and relationship to the creator, or higher power, or spirituality, or the universe, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're all, they all impact each other. Improvements in one will, and strengthening will lead to improvements and strengthening in another. That's, um, there's no basis to that. And that's giving, that's giving people power that they just don't have. Okay. Oh, that's a nice point. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Gabriel. That's a good point. Is that we, we are connected. We can lift each other up. Um, I mean, that's, that's part of that process. Is that's, that's how we impact so many things, by elevating ourselves, by validating ourselves. And that is the work. I, why do I have these two parts? What's that about? Well, I, I have teacher and student. And the student wants to learn, and the teacher wants to teach, and they, want to, and they build a beautiful relationship together. That's our two parts our adult and our child self. But when we are, it's, the world is so different. We, we just calmly, confidently walk away from people who are unhealthy and we don't feel guilty. We find people, we vet people who are good for us and we step in more, you know. Um, we step closer, we get closer to them. Uh, we're less triggered. Uh, I don't need people in, in such, such people around me that trigger me like crazy and I see it as their issue and not as mine. I speak my mind, I speak more freely. I'm not afraid or fearful of rejection. Um, I'm just not um, because I don't need your validation in order to feel good about me. All that kind of good stuff. So a lot of stuff happens. It's a much higher frequency and vibration, uh, much more grounded, you know, and, and whole within self um, as opposed to this deep, empty well, and I'm constantly trying to get it full from other people. Yeah. All right, good. I think we got it all. Good stuff. All right, thanks for being here. Great questions. Uh, I'm gonna post that uh, feelings chart over here for all of you. Uh, please support this great stuff we're doing over here. It enables me to do live videos like this and I'm doing, I did two this week, this past week, it was great. I wanna do more. I did, a, I did this, sun, the Sunday Q&A is every Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us, tell your friends, send me your questions or come online live and ask them away. You see, I went through all the questions here that was asked. It's nice. 
kind of like a conversation. It's close we can get these days. But I love that stuff, the interaction. That's why I created a group. I never wanted to just do a blog. I wanted interaction. Right? Because when I'm just going to share my ideas, I, I want I want people to tell me what they're feeling and thinking, what they're going through, so it could be very real. Um, and so that's that's a big thing for me. I, I don't like where psychology and spiritual ideas are theoretical, but they're very distant from people's actual life. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, become a sponsor. Patreon.com backslash Relationship Masters. Check us out. $3 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, not a big deal, but enables us all together. We're basically covering our own therapy, enabling me to be more present, more around answering comments. I try to answer all the comments that are in the group and give you a taste of the kind of uh, messaging therapy I work with, I do with private clients. Um, but people are growing and, um, and good things are happening and we're finding ways despite the challenges and the distance and the distancing and pandemics and the greatest need ever you know, for mental health support, emotional support, spiritual support, and that, uh, you know, despite financial struggles, is that collectively we have a power that can really overcome everything, the power of the group. And so, um, yeah, thanks for being here. Become a sponsor. Tell your friends about the group. Have them join. Click the invite button and have them sign in and uh, have them join the group. We're about to get to 1,000 members. I'm very excited about that. And so that's it. Every Sunday, 4 p.m., we are here. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are here. Awesome. <coughs> Good. Evelyn, I'm glad to hear. It's those small steps to assert yourself without, I don't anymore need to anger or I'm just, I'm taking care of when I know I'm of worth and value um, because much of it take care of myself. So every Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are here. And uh, I don't have to have a time for the other one. I did it on Friday. Maybe I'll do it again. I kind of walked through a lot of the posts and did a Sunday. It was really cool. Um, I don't know. We'll see. The only thing limiting me from doing more and giving more. And by the way, a lot of people have been in touch with me on private message. I'm trying to respond as much as I can. A lot of personal questions. People don't yet feel comfortable. I've been, there's over 75% of the group are active and that they at least read posts in this group. So there's a lot of good things happening, whether we see it or not. But um, the only thing preventing me from doing more is just uh, some more sponsorship to enable me to cut out some of the other work I do, invest more time over here. I look forward to it happening every day to get there little bit closer and uh, happy about that anyway thanks for being here keep going keep growing be kind to your inner kids and uh, we'll talk more soon